Welcome to the Good Question with Jessica Tanderup podcast. I'm Jessica, and I have a passion for asking hard questions and going deep in conversation. Usually these discussions happen over dinner or coffee with a close friend. But on this podcast, I bring them to you because I want you to know if you have questions, you're not alone. On this show, I invite apostolic leaders, thinkers, and fellow believers to tackle the tough topics questioners face as we strive to live out our biblical mandate to love God, love people, and take the gospel to the whole world here in the 21st century. I hope you'll stick around because when you know Jesus is the answer, every question can be a good question. Hello, friends. Welcome back to season four. It's so good to have you here. We're continuing with our conversations on practical tips for Christian living with one that hits us all a little close to home. We're talking about our relationship with social media. I cannot wait for you to hear this one. Before we get into it, I just want to remind you that we are now on YouTube with video of each week's episode. If you're currently watching on YouTube, liking and subscribing to our channel helps others find us. Even if you prefer listening, like always, we'd love for you to go over, take a peek at the video content and click on subscribe. It's an easy way and a free way that you can show your support for the conversations that we have here. Today's conversation is a great one. I'm chatting with Kaylee Bernard, who brings so much wisdom from her nine years of student ministry, as well as her own personal journey with social media. Whether you've been around since the days of MySpace, or you roll your eyes at all of us grandmas still on Facebook, there's something here for you. So let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Kaylee Bernard. Kaylee Bernard, welcome to Good Question. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited too. I was able to um, sit in on your session at Deborah Project last October. It's been a year. That's insane to me. Crazy. Mm -hmm. That really, truly feels like it was a few weeks ago. It really does. (laughs) Um, But it was such a great session about social media and our relationship with social media. And so that's what I wanted to talk to you about today. But we'll start off with letting you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are. Okay. Um, I'm Kaylee. I have been married to Daniel. It'll be 10 years in December. So really excited about that. Um, we have two girls, Claire, who is five, and Elise is two. And they are already best friends and worst enemies at the same time. <laughs> already. Mm-hmm. Um, we, My husband and I have been in ministry for I mean, the whole time we've been married, Daniel's a licensed minister with UPCI. Um, Our primary focus for the first uh, eight years of our marriage was student ministry. And uh, I guess nine years, I guess it would be nine years, was student ministry. So um, we have worked with um, that age group primarily 12 to almost up to 30. Um, That whole time, uh, Daniel was the youth president of the South Texas district. So we served in that role in district uh, capacities. I've organized music. I love systems and processes and church administration. (laughs) Um, I guess my education, I have my bachelor's degree in human resource management from Concordia University. And um, 
once we moved from Houston to St. Louis, Daniel now works with North American Missions as the promotions coordinator. And I am a stay-at-home mom slash the promotions director for Tupelo Children's Mansion. <laughs> okay. So, yes, yeah, so we have kind of a full plate, but we love every minute of it and love to stay busy. So um, that's kind of where we are in a nutshell. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's I would think um, an HR background would be helpful when it comes to church work. Yes. So my uh, <laughs> original my original major was actually broadcast journalism. I really wanted to be like on the news or a you know an anchor of some kind. Um, but once I got into it for a few years, I really loved it. But I decided you know. I wanted to do something that was a little more beneficial to the church. And the training I got in broadcast journalism was great, and it's helped me with promotions and an eye for things like that. But uh, all you do at a church is work with humans. So human resource management <laughs> was uh, it was a great skill to get under yeah. my belt. Yeah, I can imagine. Hmm. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, like I mentioned, we wanted to talk today about social media. Um and it's a it's a subject that's kind of close to my heart, my husband's heart. Something that we've talked about a lot in our house and um, in the places where we've been able to have a little bit of influence um, to try to move the conversation forward when it comes to how we as Christians, as apostolics, how do we interact on social media? How do we present ourselves? How do we engage with people? How do we consume? There's so many aspects to it. Um, but like I said, the talk that you gave at the Deborah Project last year was just, even in all of the discussions that we have had around here, you brought up some points that I came home and I was like, we hadn't even thought about this. <laughs> <laughs> and this is another thing. And so <laughs> um, I was really excited to get to, to talk to you about those things today. Tell me a little bit about just your own personal experience with social media. Like when did you start using it? What do you... How do you engage? What do you like to, about it? What you don't like about it? Sure. Those things. Um, so <laughs> I actually, I remember, let's see, my first social media profile was either everyone's connected <laughs> or MySpace. <laughs> EC, which was taken over uh -huh. by the Pentecostals. Uh -huh. um, EC. And then MySpace, of course. <laughs> and, you know, I had those top three songs on MySpace, you know, where you could do the three songs. So that was like my first interaction with, with social media. Um, and then I believe I got Instagram and Facebook both in 2011. And I remember that the reason why I got Instagram was so I could send Daniel selfies that were highly filtered. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. So that's really why I got it. I, you know, I just got it really for the filtering aspect because, <laughs> you know, everybody was doing like those mm -hmm. really like oh, yes. harsh Every, filters. Everything was filtered. And Daniel's. Daniel still has the first picture I sent to him uh, from Instagram with like the whole like the upward angle, you know, smiley thing. That's hilarious. Um, so <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it was like sapia or something like that. <laughs> um, so that was the that was really the reason I got it. And then obviously, you know, it, it it's grown from there. And um, I only have Instagram and Facebook. Um, I don't have Snapchat. TikTok or Twitter or 
any of the other various things that they seem to come out with mm-hmm. um, periodically. So um, yeah. I kind of view myself as a social media grandma of sorts. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't want to jump ahead or anything, but I use social media, I think, a lot more sparingly um, than a lot of other people do. And so um, that's what's so funny about these talks about social media is I frequently get asked to talk about social media. And um, I'm always like, man, why do people want to hear from me? I'm like, (laughs) I ain't got nothing going on. But I understand in in one sense you – it's good to have conversations with people from a variety of perspectives, especially Mm -hmm. with something that is so pervasive as social media. Mm -hmm. And I am really passionate about the conversation because we were in student ministry for so long, but not only that, I'm not even going to pretend like it's just a young person issue. It's a people issue. And so, um, it's something that my husband and I have talked about a ton. And, um, you know, Daniel has a, a pretty large, social media following YouTube following. And so it's, um, it's a conversation that we have really frequently too. So, um, that's kind of my own personal social media background. So everyone's connected, man. Easy. And if you know, you know, if you don't know, it was, it was something else. (laughs) It was. Those poor everyone's connected people didn't know what happened. <laughs> Those poor CEOs were like, they what did in not, the world? Who are these people and what are they yes. talking about? Oh, exactly. my goodness. Mm-hmm. Oh, my word. That's funny. That was probably yes. my first as well. Same. I think we probably came into social media arena around the same time. I joined Facebook when you still had to have a college uh, email yes. address. Yes. To get on yeah. Facebook. Mm-hmm. So, yes. We, and then now, of course, all of our young friends are like, who's still on Facebook? <laughs> yeah. It's like anybody, it's like all these pol- like old political people over the age yeah. of 55 on Facebook or yeah. whatever it is. Uh, uh, it's so funny. <sighs> there are so many good things that it brings, right? There are so sure. many. Um, I'm thinking about all the things that I've learned, all the things that I've um had access to and even even communities that I've been able to be a part of for like a short period of time or a longer period of time um mom's groups and yeah you know things like that that have been really helpful but at the same time there there comes a point where like it stops being helpful Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it starts to be harmful so uh, one example I'm thinking of I was in a mom's group whenever I had my first daughter and um it was all about breastfeeding support and like all that stuff. Well, when that wasn't working out for us, that group became really triggering for me in a way that was like upping my anxiety really high. Mm-hmm. And so I had to kind of, okay, I don't, I need to walk away from this because this is not helping me. Yeah. Uh, and then later on, I was in a group that was helping us with our baby sleep issues, which was fantastic. Like it, it saved my life. But then after a while, seeing that all the time, even though I wasn't having the issues, I was Mm -hmm. reading about them all the time. And then my anxiety was staying high. Right. And that's just two small examples from my own life. And I know that there are lots of others, um, that people have experienced. So what are some of the, the downsides you've experienced or that you've seen like the young people that you've led experiencing? So, um, you know, this is such a huge conversation and I was trying to kind of boil it down to 
um, a couple of just takeaways. And I agree. There are so many wonderful things that could come about through social media and groups and um, things like that. Like you said, when you have a question, I was in a mom's group and I think I still am where when I had Claire and she was my first child and I was scared, she was dying every day from something, (laughs) you know, I could post Mm -hmm. something in there and have a host of moms comment and say, no, she's fine. My kid went through that. So I, and church groups and all of these things, our student ministries have always been heavily involved on social media. So I never want to come off as preaching against social media. However, it does have to be used with wisdom. Mm -hmm. And I think the problem is that too many young people get on social media and operate very frequently and are on there a ton, but haven't necessarily garnered the wisdom that they need Mm. in order to not be be overwhelmed by the amount of interaction and the diversity of interaction that they receive. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one thing is social media really does require wisdom in order to not be overwhelmed or not be um, cast down or insecure. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the one thing is a lot of times we are we're lacking wisdom. We're very informed and we're very knowledgeable, mm-hmm. but a lot of times we don't exercise wisdom. And then the I think the main thing that I've seen um, uh, besides cyberbullying, besides the very obvious mental health things, one thing that I see in good Pentecostal young people is they share too much too fast. Mm. And then all of a sudden become accountable to a world of people that they don't even know. Yeah. So what do I mean by that? And I've had this conversation a lot and I never want to come off wrong. I am all about being real. I am all about being vulnerable. I'm all about sharing your testimony. It's a biblical commandment to do so. But social media has created this layer of accountability. So you get in a relationship with somebody or you want to. Now it's, I need to talk to my parents, hopefully. I need to talk to my pastor and I have to post about it. Mm. Or else we're not really official. Mm. Well, then you post about it at 16 years old. And you do all of the accolades. Because first off, you can't really love your girlfriend unless you post about her (laughs) on social media. (laughs) And, you know, that adds this new validity to your relationship. Mm -hmm. That your relationship now is not valid unless social media is included into it. But the problem with that is, is life is going to change. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying you can't marry your high school sweetheart, but a lot of people don't. Well, then now you've posted your whole life to the point that you feel like you have to go back through and do another set of explanations or another set of something. And it's difficult. And I'm not trying to cast people in a bad light. Like, I get it. Like, you— that's become a part of society. But I I feel my heart breaks for people because that adds so much more stress and pressure mm-hmm. to your life when now you're not just accountable to your pastor or your spiritual leaders or your parents or your close friends. Now you're accountable to thousands of people that you don't even know. Yeah. And you have to formulate a, how am I going to inform them? 
when they should not have that hold in your life. And I think people view themselves as impervious to that accountability and pressure. But, and I'm going to say we're not. Social media has become a point of conversation in everything we do. Like when, when Daniel and I moved from Houston, a huge conversation we had was, what are we going to post on social media about it? Mm. Which I think is important, but it's just so interesting to me that it's not just become a, if I want to, Yeah, it's become a, when am I, how am I, what are people going to think? What are people going to do? How are people going to react? It's become a whole other point of stress in our lives. And I think that that's difficult sometimes for young people to cope with the pressure of, I'm accountable to all of these people. So I think that that's one thing that I have personally witnessed. And if I was going to kind of correct that, and I might say this a million times, but if I was going to correct that, I would say to post slowly. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that Bible verse, be slow to speak. I think that includes social media. And I don't think you will ever regret being slow to speak on social media. Yeah. Um, I think what part of it is that there's like this illusion of intimacy. Yes. Because your your phone is in your face and you're talking to it or you're taking pictures or whatever and you see other people, but you forget that there's like how many people that actually are seeing and hearing you. Mm-hmm. I used to think about some some of the things I would see people post like, would you get up in front of your church and tell them that? That's good. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, would, mm-hmm. or look at like look at your actual follower count. Or if you look something like Facebook, how many friends of friends do you have, and how sure. many people is this actually reaching? Yeah. And think about like, like you said, is this wise <laughs> for me yes. to get up and yes. say this? And if it's yes. not, then maybe I should keep this into a smaller circle or maybe I should not say right. it or share it or, you know. Right. And I think we've confused uh, we, and I will include myself, like I really am preaching to myself because I have all these same conversations, but I think we have confused what vulnerability means. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to understand that you can be vulnerable and wise mm-hmm. and measured at the same time. Like to be vulnerable doesn't even necessarily mean you tell everything that you have ever done wrong or everything you have ever struggled with. It's okay to have privacy. Yeah. And I think we've forgotten that. And again, I want to stress, I'm very real. I'm an open book. Ask me anything. I'm good to go. But I think we have to take the pressure off of ourselves to say, in order to make a difference, I have to share every deep, dark detail of my life. I think we have to remind ourselves that you can make a difference by being vulnerable about how you were feeling about the, you know, the, I, uh, what am I trying to say? Bird's eye view of the situation. Like it's okay to have some privacy. And that doesn't mean that you're not being vulnerable. It means that you're being measured and wise and you will find the right settings to tell all the details. You'll find the right people to tell all the details too, but you don't have to do that on social media, even to make a positive impact. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm thinking about some different people that I've experienced their ministries through social media where it, 
when, when you have healed from something and you have a message to share from that, the inciting incident <laughs> or the inciting sin or whatever it was that went down is it completely irrelevant. Right. Because the message applies to everyone. And so there are several people that I know that they share about their journeys of healing and of repentance without ever telling what it was that they were, you know, involved with before. And it's, yes, it's not necessary. It doesn't lessen the impact of what they're, of what they're saying at all. Um, Right. Because it's not my business. Like, I don't know you. (laughs) Sure. I don't know you. Even with Daniel and I, we've, we've felt liberty to share, um, some really intimate things about our lives, uh, with certain groups of people. Um, but I don't think, you know, my ministry is only like glory to God, anything that he's given me, but I don't, I don't think I have, um, missed out or not been sensitive to the spirit by choosing to not share every detail with everyone. And I think that comes with being spirit led too. Mm -hmm. I think that God will quicken you on when to say and what to say. And I think that that includes social media as well. And I I say all that to say not to like correct someone or, you know, downplay what somebody else is doing. We all have our own lanes and some people have felt that unction to share those very specific things, but more as it relates to young people. I just want, you know, I wish I could encourage all of them to say that it is okay to not feel like you are accountable to all of your followers on social media. It's okay to go to your spiritual authority, to go to your family, to go to those people that are in your life and know you the best to get affirmation and advice and counsel. And, um, you know, I think that that would release some of that pressure that we feel from social media. Yeah. I I think, think, um, you know, one thing that I've, uh, kind of mulled on is this concept of social media is a tool to use, not a table to sit at. Hmm. So use it to interact, use it to share, use it to cheerlead people, use it to connect with people, but don't use it as a table to sit at. And what I mean is, is don't sit down at social media and consume everything that you see and, and make that your appetite and make that what you long for. Like social media then becomes something that controls you instead of you controlling it. It's a tool to use and it's a good tool to use, but don't use it as a table to sit at where you sit there for hours and consume and consume and consume, be measured and wise and you are in control of it. So that way it doesn't come back and then control you, you know, because nobody is, is immune to that. Mm -hmm. Well, and we're all going to have different um, capacity for that. Sure. I'm thinking Absolutely. back to whenever, like back in the, this, you know, the advent of all this stuff, we were talking about everyone's connected in MySpace. I remember somebody sent me a YouTube video when YouTube was just, just getting started. And I, um, I remember I clicked on it and watched it and then saw everything that was under it. And I went down this like, click, 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 click for about an hour. Yeah. And I remember sitting back and going like, whoa. Yeah. Like you this, get sucked in. This is not good for me. <laughs> like, yeah. And I 
I, I wish this probably would have happened with some other forms of social media that have become an issue in my life at different times, but I like cut myself off from it. I was like, nope, YouTube is yeah. not for me. And, yeah. and even to this day, like, I know there are a lot of people and we're putting the podcast on YouTube now because that's where people sure. are getting podcasts, but yeah. I am not a YouTube person. Like I don't, yeah. you know, like I don't, if I go there for specific things to find, you know, the tutorial for how to DIY something or, you know, yeah. something like that, but it's not something that I regularly partake in. Um, because I felt that initial, like, Ooh, this is not going to be good for me. And I felt the same thing around TikTok. And there's been a lot of, there are a lot of other issues with TikTok, but I felt that same, like I could very easily get sucked into sitting here and scrolling for hours mm-hmm. at a time. And this is probably not healthy for me, but yeah. everyone's going to have a different capacity. Everyone's going to have a different thing Absolutely. that hooks you in and we have to be sensitive to that and to know it might not be the same as my friend. We might have to have boundaries in different places, but that's okay. Sure. Yeah. And that's okay. And you have to know yourself and you have to be willing to say that, like you said, we're all different. And so like, for example, I think I looked back and I post maybe a couple of times a month on Instagram and I'll post stories. And there are sometimes where, I do a lot more and sometimes where I don't. And I, I think our society needs to get to a place where we say we are no less of a person if we are not active on -hmm. social media. Like our presence is not diminished by not being on social media. And, um, I think there are people that are on there a lot and they are using that like influencers and people that are on there all the time. I, I want to stress because I've, I've said some things before that people have been like, well, influencers can do good things too. And I, <laughs> I am totally there like, yes. But I think what I always come back to is we have to remind ourselves, especially young people that your presence is not validated by your posts. Like your presence matters. You are valuable. I don't care if you've got 10 Instagram followers, it is okay. Now, if you're somebody that has thousands, that's awesome. But we just have to remind ourselves that we need to let go of that anxiety and pressure of, I've got to mean something on social media in order to matter as a person. Yeah. What you really need to do is mean something to your next door neighbor. and mean something to your church body and mean something to your spouse and mean something to your children. And then out of the abundance of that post, share, give advice, show who you really are, but don't make social media the number one stopping ground for your validation because, and it's, it's a double-edged sword. So say I post something and, um, it's like, yes, queen, or something that people say. And they're like, Woo! and I get lots of comments like that. And I walk away and I'm like, oh yes. Like, unless you really looking good today or whatever it might be. Like if I, it's okay to hype each other up. I do that all the time with people. But if we, if our sole source of validation comes from how people react to us on social media, then the instant somebody says something wrong, even if it's somebody we don't know, it's going to deeply affect us. Yeah. So we can't say we're only, well, I, I don't care what the naysayers say. I'm only going to care about what the cheerleaders say. I don't agree with that. Now, somebody can challenge me on that. But if something deeply affects you in the positive, mm-hmm. it will also deeply affect you 
in the mm-hmm. negative. So yeah, cheerlead. I get on there and I do that with people all the time. I think we should all be each other's biggest cheerleaders, but I think we have to be careful that it's not like, yes, I feel like I finally mean something because I got this social media affirmation. I think we have to remind ourselves that it's great. I think it's awesome if people are support me and are there for me. I need it. I need the community, but I have to find my value in the people that are around me, in my in my husband, in my children, in my friends, in my family, in my church, that because then they can surround me if somebody ever comes against me yeah. and is negative. Yeah. So we just have to constantly examine that, you know, like I remember um, when I was a, a young person, well, not, I guess I wasn't. So I, let's see, it was 2011. So I would have been like 17 or 18 when I first got on Instagram. And I remember always calculating, should I post this? Will people like it? Like, mm-hmm. will I get likes from this? Like, mm-hmm. if I post this, will people really like it? And there's nothing wrong with being measured. Like I said, you should be measured. But if all of a sudden we're trying to filter and siphon our life because we're concerned about whether or not people will validate it, then I think that that's a problem that then has ripple effects into other areas of our life and how we view ourselves, how we view the importance of our life. Yeah. Does the things that don't happen on screen, do those things not matter anymore because they're not glamorous or like worthy? Yeah. I think we, those are questions that we have to constantly ask ourselves in order to use it wisely, to use social media wisely. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I see happening, you know, because I am a mom of young kids. And so I followed a lot of moms of young kids, you know, people sharing the same kind of life experience that you're in. And Mm -hmm. as I see some of the moms that I've followed that are, have kids that are older than mine, you start seeing that like, oh, when, when their kids start to realize what's going on on social media, um, a lot of them are pulling way back and saying like, I can't share, this is too vulnerable. This is too personal. This is, and it's not my life anymore. It's my child's life. And, and to, you know, to protect their privacy, I'm pulling back and I'm thinking like, Ooh, maybe I should just start thinking that way now. Like maybe we need to start, (laughs) like we have this mindset now of like, okay, my kids are are pretty young, but uh, maybe this is something that applies to me too. Um, that we don't have to share everything and we don't have to, like you said, just because we don't get a picture of it to post doesn't mean it didn't happen. And it doesn't mean it wasn't, right. wasn't important to our kids. And it doesn't mean that it wasn't um, a valuable time with friends. And it, it's just a whole extra layer of stuff to think about pressure. that we didn't have yeah, to it's have pressure. before. Yeah. Right. It's pressure. And I think, again, I think it's so awesome. Like Daniel, he's coming in the door right now. So if you see him poking, he's coming <laughs> but like Daniel, you know, he has this huge um, YouTube channel, which I say it's big every time I'm like, wow, this is really cool, babe. He's like, it's nothing. People have millions of followers. <laughs> I only have 170,000 or whatever. <laughs> I think it is so useful. But I think it's got to be a tool and not a table. And yeah. I just keep reminding myself of that, that you matter. And I think the example I used at the Dever Project was um, Vesta Mangan. Sister Vesta Mangan did really good for herself without having a social media profile. 
Yeah. Sister Nona Freeman did really good for herself without having a social media profile. Now the church needs to adapt. We should be active on social media. We should be reaching people. I am not ignorant to the fact that a ton of young people check out a church on social media before they get there. I mean, mm-hmm. we're huge proponents of that. Daniel just did a seminar at General Conference called Technology in the Church. Like we gotta have it, but we also have to put that in our personal lives in the right place for yeah. us to use. And I think when that happens, we will use it more effectively yeah. and we will make a greater difference when understanding what it is. Yeah. And so I think with young people, you know, specifically, um, I think we have to, I I just wrote in the Deborah Project book, a a chapter on this. And I think we have to redeem the realities of social media. Mm -hmm. So the reality is I follow um, other, like I'll say other Pentecostal people, other people in my group, in my age. And I think, man, they're really they've really got it going on. Mm. Like they're really doing a good job. Like, look at them. Like, wow. She always looks so put together. Look at her kids. Look at her house. (gasps) Look at their church. I could never afford those shoes. I could, you know, like you go into this thing and that's the reality is comparison, but we can redeem that and say, instead of comparing, I'm going to cheerlead you. And I'm going to say, go ahead, girl. Wow. Your kids look great. Your church is amazing. We can, look at the realities of social media and some people just completely get off it. And I, and I understand, but I think we can also redeem those realities and say, Mm -hmm. you know what, this is the reality. Social media makes us judgmental. It makes us compare ourselves amongst ourselves, which the Bible says is foolish. And then it makes us harsh because it's a lot easier to be rude to somebody over a keyboard when you don't have to look at them in the eye. So it makes us harsh. We can type, 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 walk away. And think, haha, yeah, I did it. Yeah, that's what they deserved. Yeah, it makes us harsh, but we can redeem those things, and we can be slow to speak, slow to anger. We can have patience and goodness and long suffering, and uh, the fruit of the spirit evident in our lives. We can remind ourselves that you know it is cliche, but it is so true. Don't compare your everyday to somebody's highlight reel. Yeah, and that person that I'm like, wow they've really got it going on. They need a friend. Every time. Yep. Every time that I've reached out to somebody that I think, man, they've really got it going on and just trying to be a friend to them. It's the same response every time. Thank you so much for reaching out. And that's not just for me to like pat myself on the back about. It's about something that I struggled with because I was the type of person, just being real, where I felt like, you know, I didn't have any close friends. Mm. And that's funny because some people are like, well, look at the Instagram followers she has. And her and Daniel are everywhere all the time. And, you know, they, they know everybody, you know, she shouldn't feel like that, but everybody feels those moments in their lives where they just feel really alone. And anytime somebody has taken time to reach out to me and just say, Hey, I'm thinking about you. It has meant the absolute world to me because we need that in each other's lives. So the reality is, is it makes us compare ourselves amongst ourselves, but we can redeem that and say, you know what? I'm not going to let my brain go down that path. And instead I'm going to reach out to somebody and say, Hey, wow, girl, you're really doing great. I'm praying for you. So I think we can redeem those, 
those qualities of social media. And I think it's important for young people, especially to understand that you can offer value to somebody else by being a friend, by showing them Jesus, by showing them love, even if it seems like they've got it all together. None of us have it all together and we really do need each other. So I think it's, again, I'm, I'm going to say it a million times, but it's a tool that we can use and it yeah. really can do good, but we have to consciously redeem those things. So that way we don't get sucked into this hole, you know, of yeah. thinking that I don't mean anything if I can't buy this and I'm not important if I don't wear this and all of those types of things that you're like, that, that's so silly. That's so petty, but I don't care how old you are. It yeah. sinks into you. And if it you're not careful, you. it will affect you. Yes. So I am really passionate about it. And I think those boundaries that we talked about, I coach myself on those. Like, you know, um, when I, like in controversial settings, especially, I really think about, is this comment going to do more harm than it does good? I didn't ask if I was right or wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't ask if somebody else deserved it. Yeah. I asked, is this going to do more harm than it does good? Yeah. Tomorrow, am I going to be glad that I posted this? Yeah. So usually what I do is if I'm really feeling stirred up about something, I'll write it out and I'll sit on it for like a day and think about it. And nine times out of 10, I end up not posting it. And I don't think because of that, anybody's ever thought that I wasn't a passionate opinionated person. (laughs) I've got a lot of passion and a lot of opinions, but I'm, I want to be weighed and and use wisdom in that. Yeah. And young people, you know, I think they need to understand that as well. And I mean, everybody needs to understand it, that it's okay to have a conversation with somebody over coffee. Yeah. Like we need to get back to that. Yeah. We need to be able to look at somebody in the eye and have difficult conversations. If we're willing to post it, we need to be willing to say it to each other's faces because it dehumanizes yeah. us when we get in these back mm-hmm. and forth battles. And sorry, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent. No, here, it's good. But, it's, but good. it's just so important for us to remind ourselves that we are people and the keyboard makes us dehumanize each other sometimes. It does. You talked at Deborah Project too about the concept of authority. which was something I had not ever considered when it came to this, but that I was like, okay, yes, this is exactly an issue that I've seen and hadn't like formulated the words around it. So talk a little bit about that. It, it goes right along with what you're already saying. Sure. Sure. So this concept of like authority. So, oh man, I can't even really remember the example that I used, but you need to ask yourself, Am I in a place of spiritual authority to correct somebody about this on social media? So, um, for example, if you are are at a church and you see another saint and they post about being on vacation and they're doing something that you don't agree with and you get on social media to correct them, that correction will do no good. It will only harm because God has not given you the spiritual authority to publicly correct another saint in your church. Mm-hmm. Now, if I saw something when I was on staff at a church that I was like, Ooh, that's probably, that's probably not very good. Uh, that one of our kids was doing, 
I never commented on social media and publicly corrected them. Yeah. I always went to them privately and said, girl, you, you know, talk to me about this. Are you okay? Can we, um, can we get together? Can we work on this together? My language was more like, Hey, I see you, you know, you posted this. I see you. How can I help you? How can I talk to you? Are you going through something? Is, is there confusion in, is, is something confusing? Can we talk about this together? Yeah. And that pause allows me to be a lot more understanding with the person that I'm talking to. And they received that from me because I, God had given me that calling in yeah. that season. Yeah. But when you use social media as a form of correction, you're not pausing a lot of times. A lot of times you're like, <laughs> and just, I know you like that sound effect. You get on there and just post away and it hurts. Yeah not only hurts because we're humans talking to each other, but it hurts because you've stepped out of line of what God has called you to do. Yeah. And so my conversations and phrases on social media were really tied to that spiritual authority that God had given me in that season. Now we are accountable. You know, we're at church. We are accountable and saints can go to other saints with a concern, but social media, in my opinion, is never the place to come mm-hmm. in and crack down on somebody for yeah. correction. And then on uh, continuing on with authority, you know, if you really feel led to post something and you feel like it's kind of controversial, especially with somebody else that you go to church with or that is in your organization or your district, ask your pastor or your spiritual spiritual authority before you post about it. That doesn't mean that you're being controlled. That does not mean that um, I think you shouldn't have a voice. What that means is, is God has given you covering for a reason. Mm -hmm. And there's been several times, believe me, oh my Lord, there have been many times where I really wanted to weigh in on a conversation. And then after talking to my parents or Daniel's parents or our pastor, I ended up not because they saw something that I did not see. Mm -hmm. And they thought of something that I did not know. And it helps you. And this sounds like such a deep conversation, especially for young people. But children, I'll say children, because they really are, are becoming more informed about a variety of issues than they ever have before. They can get on TikTok and find a very well thought out argument about why they should believe anything. Anything, yep. Anything. So it's made young people, especially very informed, passionate people. And so that stimulates all of these recurring conversations. So it's very important that before you formulate these drastic opinions or you combat somebody else, especially that you go to church with in your youth group, in your church, that you talk to somebody else about it Yeah, because they might see something that you don't and they might be able to say, hey, and correct you and save you from a fight you really didn't need to have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're all about. That's my whole goal for this podcast is, is encouraging people to have those conversations because of what I've seen happen so often is that somebody goes off and they find these great arguments and they just swallow it and they, maybe they even want to come and have a conversation and, and their leadership or their parents or whomever is so afraid of it that they like shut down and, yeah, they, won't, and they won't true. engage. And so there yeah, has to true. be, there has to be an engagement and a willingness to engage. Um, 
but there has to be a willingness to seek ad- advice and counsel. And That's it, really good. It all goes back to that wisdom piece. Like it's, it really this is does. all a wisdom conversation. Yes, it is. And you're right. I, I think in some ways, the generations before us, I, oh goodness, I, how would I say this? In some ways, they still, some still don't understand how pervasive social media is. Mm-hmm. It's no longer a, if it's going to be a part of your life, it's a how much. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is difficult for some people to grasp, especially people that are the generation before us that still don't have it. And so Mm -hmm. it's just an, it's a non-issue with them, but it's social media is here and it's here to stay and it is going to be a part of your life. So we do need counsel and advice, but, and so from the older generation, we need them. We need them to take time and invest and talk to us about these things. But us as the younger generation, we don't need to look at them and say, well, you don't understand you what don't I'm going it. through. <laughs> at some point, they were going through something that the generation from them didn't understand. So it's not about them completely understanding everything you go through. It's about helping you apply a biblical principle. Yeah. Biblical principles are so powerful because it doesn't matter what day and age we are in, they still apply. Yeah. So just because you know, your pastor or grandma might not have social media. That does not mean that they cannot give you sound biblical advice about what you are going through. Like we need to have, like you said, have these conversations and be willing to say, Hey, look, Mimi might not know how to work (laughs) Snapchat, but she has the word of God hidden in her heart. So I can talk to her about these things and see if she has a scripture for me or advice for me. Um, and I think that that would really help us yeah. because we weren't meant to operate alone. Yeah. We weren't meant to be siloed. And like you said, social media allows young people, it, if they are not given any type of checks and balances, it allows them to be completely and perfectly siloed yeah. and isolated and to have a whole world of friends and influences that nobody else has to know about Yeah, because they can silo their whole life. So if that's, you or somebody that's listening to this podcast and you have one of those, um, Oh, what is it called when you have a second Instagram that nobody knows? Oh, about? Um, babe, what's that called? The Finsta. Is that what the right? We have a spam account, a spam account. <laughs> if you have a spam account that nobody knows, about. <laughs> um, see, he's way better at this than me. Um, <laughs> if you have a spam account, nobody knows about, I would caution you to be careful because You were not created to do life alone. Nobody can survive this world and accomplish good if they are trying to operate outside of community and spiritual authority. You have to have those things in your life, especially on social media. Yeah. So I think it's important, you know, for us to include those things and to take time. It is okay to take time before you interact and post. But again, social media and technology has made it to where I've got to get on this right now and I've got to respond and I've got to blah, blah, blah. blah. It like adds all this pressure of like, if I'm going to be relevant, I must engage right now. It's like, it's okay. Take a breath. Call somebody. Think about what you're saying before you post it. And I think it will do us all a lot of good. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, so So many things that we can put in place to help ourselves just engage a little bit better, a little, yeah. uh, consume a little bit better, engage a little bit better. 
Yeah. I, I really, really appreciate all of your thoughts on this. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I want to, I want to stress because there's so many amazing people that have large followings and are very active. And again, I just want to say it one more time. I think it's amazing. If you have this large following and a lot of interaction, I think it's awesome. And I think it can do a lot of good, but I think even people that have large followings and interacted a lot have to remind themselves where their source of validation comes from and do have to be weighed and measured about what they post. And I think I said it at the beginning, but especially young people with relationships, I think there's a lot. Well, let me, let me say this correctly. I have witnessed more than once a young person that has stayed in a relationship simply because they didn't want to go through the process of breaking up and having to post about it. And I think that's why it's important that we respond slowly and are measured and are careful about what we post and don't put all our eggs in one basket when we're 15 years old. Like we've got to really be careful because we are human and we will feel that pressure. So don't let social media have that hold on your life and use it wisely. Again, we keep talking about it, but use it wisely. So you don't find yourselves in those types of situations. It is okay to be 17 and not have a boyfriend or girlfriend to post about on social media. Like it's really okay. God has the perfect person for you. It would be better to wait and post when you're sure (laughs) than, you know, to go through this whole process in your head and adding pressure to a relationship because now instead of just dating a guy that your parents know about, you're now like dating on the world stage or you have to be accountable (laughs) and keep up appearances with everybody. And it just puts you in this little, um, this, this little glass house, you know, where everybody's peeking in on your life and you don't have to add that to yourself. Like it's okay. No, you really don't. You you are not, uh, what Meghan Markle or Prince Harry. (laughs) (laughs) You're not Prince Harry. Yes. And and really the truth is, is that people think they want to be that, but you really don't Mm -mm. like you. And I never look, the UPC is an amazing organization and I never ever want to pretend like if I went up to anybody at the airport and was like, Hey, I'm Kaylee Bernard. They'd be like, so, you know, like they don't, they don't care. I think the only person that has any right to do that in the UPC would be my father-in-law and somebody (laughs) would probably know him. But like with me, even like I, I catch myself like at general conference feeling like a, Ooh, I gotta be careful. I know I like, I, ch- I look in the mirror like 20 times before I leave to make sure that everything is put in place. And I'm sitting on the front row and I, you know, I, I, I feel like some of this looking like in this glass house pressure a little bit. And, you know, some people think like, oh man, you know, it must be really fun to do what you do and you travel and you do all this stuff. And it is, but then, you know, I also have to combat these feelings of like, man, like even now, Oh God, I hope I didn't say something that's going (laughs) to offend somebody and make them call Daniel and be upset. You know, like you, you feel like that glass house pressure. So I say all that to say a lot of people might say something like, Oh, I wish I was Meghan Markle. But the truth is, is that that glass house pressure can really get to you. So don't put that on yourself. Right. Yeah. Be a normal person. It's okay to be a normal person. Yes. You know, like, yes. it's all right. It's all so right. Much you less don't have stress. to have. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I hope that came off the right way. I was not yes, for sure. in any way trying to 
fluff up, <laughs> Daniel and I. I'm just saying like outside of social media, I feel that. And yeah. if you feel that outside of social media, when, you know, I have, I think like 10,000 followers or something, it's easy to put that on yourself as well. Yeah. When you feel like everybody can see you. So I think with young people, especially don't, don't make yourself be in a situation like that. Like it's okay to just be a normal person. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be anybody, but who God has called you to be. Yeah, for sure. Oh, well, this has been a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you feel strongly needs to be mentioned? Man, I know I just, I could talk about this for hours, but again, I would just say, just to remind yourself that you don't have to put pressure on yourself, that it's okay for you to be you, that you don't, there is, you don't, there's no expectations for you to live up to. It is okay for you to have the clothes that you have. It's okay for you to live in the city you live in. It is okay for you to be walking in the calling in the season of where you are right now and be present where you are right now. Don't take your eyes off where you are and constantly look at social media and say, I wish I was there. I wish I had that. I wish I was doing this. Dream big, pray about it, but be present where you are and don't allow yourself to get wrapped up in this digital world um, dilemma of, I wish I was somewhere else doing something else with other people. Be mm. present where you are in the season God has called you. And as he takes you to the other places, you will feel more fulfilled. Because the truth is, is that if you choose to be discontent in the season you are in right now, that same principle will travel with you to every season that you're in because you will always see somebody that has something better. No matter how big your house is, somebody's got a bigger house. No matter how put together you are, somebody else has it more put together. So find ways to be content in your non-digital life. So that way, as you grow through these seasons, you can be content wherever God puts you in, whether it's postable or not. So just be encouraged in that. Like you are exactly who you are supposed to be. And if you've prayed about it and God has led you where you are, that's where you're supposed to be too. Yeah. That's so good. So good. Well, we always wrap up with the same question. And that is because we are called good question. We like to know what is a good question that you are asking yourself lately. So I saw this on the prompt sheet and I would be lying if I said, that, you know, a really fun, lighthearted question was the first thing that came to my mind. (laughs) But honestly, I've been, um, in my Bible reading, I've been reading a lot about the rapture and Mm. Jesus coming back. And, um, I've done some study about like heaven and hell and what hell is really like and what heaven's really like. And I've had some questions of my own that I've kind of had to YouTube a little bit. I hopped on <laughs> Dr. Bernard's podcast and been like, Hey, I've got something that does not make sense. I need some help. <laughs> so I think my good question right now is, am I taking eternity seriously enough? Mm. And, um, am I allowing myself to let the weight of eternity really rest on my decisions? and on my daily life? And do I still care enough about it for it to bother me? Mm. You know, have I become so distracted with what I'm doing that I've forgotten that 
this is not my ultimate destination. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, not to be deep, I, girl, I can go <laughs> down, but, you know, I think the whole concept of like, if I heard a message about hell, would it bother me? Yeah. Like, does it still shake me? Like, does the concept of eternity still move me enough to conviction? So yeah. I've, I've actually really been, um, I've been digging into that recently. And so my good question is, am I taking eternity seriously enough? Mm. You know, and I think it matters with social media too, because we will be held accountable Mm. for what we say and what we do and what we don't say and what we don't do. And I think that involves social media as well. Yeah. Deep, deep thoughts. I know. Sorry. Think about, no, it's good. (laughs) That was the first thing that came to my brain. And I, and I needed it. I needed that reminder. I, I read this book. It was like a book basically dedicated to describing what hell was. And it, I needed it. I needed a good shakeup in my life of, Yikes. you know, like this is real. And I, and I need to remind myself of this, yeah. you know, that I need to keep my heart right. And I need to be focusing on the things that matter. And I need to do what I can to show people who Jesus is so that they don't have to experience that either. Yeah. You know? So that's my good question. Yeah. Well, I love it. That's a good one. Well, it's been such a joy to talk to you. I'm so glad we were able to make this happen. And I'm so thankful for all of the wisdom that you shared for us today with social media and how we interact with it. So thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. I was so honored to be a part. And um, thank you for allowing me to be on this podcast. I'm praying for you guys in this new season of your life. And I know God's really going to be with you guys. I'm a little jealous. I love, <laughs> I love Denmark. I love where you guys are. Um, but I'll be praying for you guys. And I really appreciate the invitation. Thank you. Well, friends, I am fairly certain that one will get you thinking and spark some conversation. And I truly hope someone out there is feeling less alone. We are all experiencing the pressure of social media to some extent, and it is probably not going away anytime soon. We need passionate voices like Kaylee's helping us see things as they truly are. Social media is a tool, not a table. I'm so grateful to her for sharing her wisdom in this area. I hope this episode gave you the permission you've been needing to set some boundaries around what you share or a reminder to limit what you're taking in. I hope it encourages you to seek out mentors and friends who know you in real life to help you stay grounded and to reach out and be a friend, even to someone who looks like they have it all together. If you have thoughts to share, we'd love to hear them. We're on social media and trying to use it wisely. You can find the show on Instagram at Good Question Show. I'm at Jessica Tanderup. That's Jessica T as in Tuesday, A-N-D-E-R-U-P. You can also find us on Facebook or send us an email to goodquestionshow at gmail.com. This podcast is a production of Good Question Media. It's produced and hosted by me, Jessica Tanderup. My co-producer, editor, and the man who hears all the rants I don't end up posting on social media is my husband, Dave Tanderup. Our audio engineer is Josh Powalczyk. That's it for this week. We'll be back here next Tuesday with another good question. See y'all then.